It's time for another episode of Legally Unfiltered. This is attorney Franz Borkart. I'm here with attorney Richard Sprinkle. We are a radio show and podcast. We discuss issues in the media, issues that affect your lives, ladies and gentlemen, with a legal twist. Today in studio, we have our special guest, Jefferson's Davis. Um, this bottle, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, had a seersucker suit on, but because we're in February, we took the seersucker suit on yeah. because we didn't want to be called off on our fashion faux That's boss. That's right. So today, Richard, today we're going to be talking about racist rogue judges. That's right. Saying stupid stuff. Real stupid. In chambers. In cha- no. Well, in cha- was it in chambers or was I it in I think it was in chambers. It was just as bad. Whatever. But, <laughs> but first, before we jump into our legally unfiltered topic this week, I'm just going to remind them a little bit. First of all, if you have a legally unfiltered topic out there, ladies and gentlemen, and you want us to talk about it, you want us to delve into the mud, the murk, the clear water, if you will, mm-hmm. send it over to the, le- deep waters. the deep waters, legally unfiltered at gmail.com. If you email us and we use it, you get not one, but two legally unfiltered, legally unfiltered coffee mugs. Before we go any farther today, I think we need to raise a glass to one of our confidants, Mr. Jared Ambo. Jared? Jared Ambo out there. Shout out to him. Last thing we need to do is give Jared. him free pr- press. Uh, made a comment, Richard. <laughs> I know. Gave a, made a comment about us recording at 2.47 in the afternoon. This yeah. this episode is being recorded on one day. Right. It airs as a podcast on another and sure. radio show. But made a comment judging us. I mean, we, judging have, us. we have lives. We have to schedule I, things. I got to tell you, I feel like the episodes are better when we're drinking bourbon. They are. I mean, I don't, I need votes out there. If you feel like the legally unfiltered episodes are better, I, I feel like they're better. Let us know. But look, speaking of feedback, yeah, you can follow us on social media. That's right. Facebook, Twitter. Um, you can look us up on www.legallyunfiltered.com. Yeah. And, Race, and, racist judges as we drink and as Jefferson's we're only, Davis. We're not only on Facebook Live, but we're we're on not only on the radio, but we're a podcast that people mm-hmm. can find mm-hmm. everywhere. Mm-hmm. Everywhere the kids are finding podcasts these days, you can find us. So I guess what we're saying is don't be that judgy guy right. that judges people that drink at, during the day right. while recording a podcast radio show. But even though our buddy was judgy, he wasn't as judgy as old judgy wudgy up in uh, Allegheny right. County, so, Pennsylvania. So, so I, I'm going to let you lay the facts down, but, but long story made short, this made national news recently. Big time. That a judge got a little pissy because a defendant was found not guilty. And he made commentary on a juror mm-hmm. and specifically a racial comment mm-hmm. on the juror. I mean, and he he doubled down on this thing, right? Oh, he did. All right. So he, lead us into it. He doubled, tripled down on it. So this is a judge. Um, by the way, folks, racist judges, not just for the South anymore. This lovely story comes to us from Allegheny County, Pennsylvania. Fun times. That's Pittsburgh for those that are keeping score. A Pittsburgh judge was removed from the bench after allegedly using a racial slur when talking about an African-American female juror. And I got news for you. He used more than one slur. He did like allegedly, two, right? Yeah. He made a comment. Look, I'm not going to interrupt you here, but it was first he made a comment about her. And about then he her, made a comment about, about her, her significant other. Her, her drug dealing significant other, Don't right? Spoil it. No oh, spoilers. Sorry. No, sorry. No, 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 no. So, okay. <laughs> Judge Tranquilly. Yep. We're going to use his name because this is all on public record at this point. He made a remark. Now, folks, if you haven't had the displeasure or pleasure, however you look at it, of of dealing with a jury trial, the first thing that happens is you have to pick what? Jurors. You have to pick jurors. You have to see the jury. And very important, ladies and gentlemen, you can't pick jurors based on race. Race. 
Um, you can't pay, pick ethnic origin, ethnic, r- ethnicity, religion. Reli- you can't discriminate against a protected class. And there right? we go. All the protected classes. Right. That's, so that's a no, no. So, yeah. So, okay. But as you're picking a juror, you as the defense attorney or you as the prosecuting attorney, you get to strike people off the jury. You can say, I don't want that individual. They're not going to be a good juror. You can use preemptive strikes or you can use strikes for cause. Uh, Preemptive strikes are in in Louisiana anyway. Each side gets a certain number of preemptive strikes. So the beauty of preemptory strikes is you can use them as long as you don't as long as you know, as long as it doesn't look like one of those bad reasons, bad reasons, you can get rid of somebody for virtually anything. Yeah. Right? I don't like the way they were. I don't like the way they were, were looking at me while responding. I got a bad feeling about them um, or, you know, they work at a job yeah. and this, that and the other. It can be nebulous. Walks in with a T-shirt wearing the saying guns don't kill right. people. It can, I do. It can yeah, absolutely <laughs> be. Ne- it can be nebulous as long as it doesn't run afoul to those. And we call that, by the way, guys, we call that a Batson challenge right. when we pick based on race. And then, in fact, we call it a McCullen challenge if we do what's called a reverse. This is where it gets fun. A reverse Batson. Reverse Batson. It's called a McCullen challenge where basically you're getting rid of white people instead of other people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It happens sometimes. It does. It happens sometimes that when judges have not guilty verdicts in their court. Mm, they're not happy. Because they view themselves as the second chair prosecutor. The 13th juror. They're the 13th juror, and yep. more particularly, it's prosecutor. And and why, why might an elected judge not like it that people are found not guilty in his or her court? Because to get elected, you got to be tough on crime. Yeah. That's the line everybody has to toe to get elected. Mm-hmm. So this judge had a trial. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a finding of not guilty. Of, that's right. And then they had a conversation about it. Yes. The 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 attorneys, the defense the prosecutor, attorney and the prosecutor the, had a conversation with the judge. And the judge said, you may, to the prosecutor, you may have been more successful had you not have left, quote, Aunt Jemima on your jury. So for the uninitiated, Aunt Jemima is a it's a brand of pancake it's a, syrup it's a brand of pancake syrup but it's a very offensive it, it is brand of pancake also syrup. simultaneously yeah a racial i don't want to say slur but yeah kind of it's it's a racial comment the bottle is a stereotype let's be honest right it's it's, a, it's, a it's racist as stereotype as, formed out of yeah. glass or plastic or whatever they use so he refers to the black juror which her race should have nothing to do with it. Well, he, but he's chastising the prosecutor yeah, for keeping her. You made a terrible decision by allowing Aunt Jemima on the jury. Slightly racist comment. Yeah. Slightly. Okay. She, very she racist was, she comment. Was a young African American female who wore a head wrap throughout the trial. So, but it gets better. I guess she had the head wrap in common with Aunt Jemima. I, I don't know. It but this, gets, is, this is ridiculous. It gets so, better. Yeah. Yeah. The conversation came back when the judge asserted that he just knows that Aunt Jemima's baby daddy probably sells heroin and that her presumed bias in favor of the heroin dealers had caused or contributed to the not guilty verdict she voted for. So, Mm. yeah. Judge Racy Race. So, while we're talking about this, I want you to Google a follow-up because I think he's been, and I want to misstate, I think there's been some action taken. No. Um, Let's just talk for a minute. So, ladies and gentlemen out there who are not lawyers, judges are supposed to be fair umpires, arbiters, if you will, 
of of legal decision making and justice. Balls and strikes, man. I often say it, balls and strikes. They call fair balls and strikes. We don't like it fundamentally in our fiber. We don't like it when people are unfair. No. And look, the system is already designed to where, look, if you're going to convict somebody, you got to do it the right way or else, you know, you don't get to keep them convicted. The fact that this judge made this comment in front of the defense attorney, in front of the prosecutor, and by the way, it's been verified. I think the prosecutor, Richard, turned him in. The prosecutor is the one who turned him in. And then verified independently by the, by the, the other party. Defense attorney. Yeah. So, the yeah. defense attorney kind of... Ha- the defense attorney is in kind of a weird place when his client won, but he still wants to make a statement after about something the judge said after I'm, the case. That puts the defense attorney in an odd place. Not to say he wouldn't have been ethically right to make the complaint, but it puts him in an odd place. So, so as we've discussed before, always let other people do your heavy lifting. That's right. <laughs> Never get your hands dirty, ladies and gentlemen. When you, no, the right thing to do is to turn this judge in. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. So what can happen to this judge? Well, what can happen is what has has happened. He is now barred from hearing cases. Um, he went down to uh, he, he was knocked down to what uh, Pennsylvania version of of appeals from traffic court. And I don't know how many appeals from traffic court one has, but that's what he where he was. Now, he may or may not even be presiding over those cases at this point. Um, the chief judge in that district is an African-American female. Whoops. And um, <laughs> Betty doesn't call her Aunt Mama. I bet he doesn't. Um, so. <laughs> what? I mean, we, I, think I, I about the that? audacity that I, I just, I cannot gloss over the audacity. There are racist pieces of, of whatever out there. Garbage. That, garbage that make racist comments in the privacy of their own homes, yeah. make privacies in those places at work where the other clansmen hang out. Yeah. There are racist pieces of garbage out there that don't let the real world know who they are. Right. What was this guy thinking? I have no clue. I have no idea. Now, listen, there's no defense for it. There's, I mean, there's, there's whoops. <laughs> what, what? So here's the problem now. Not only oh, do we, we have a guy with a racist making the racist statements about what this case. decisions might he have made? Ooh, Mm-mm-mm. how many, how many bench trials did he preside over? How many of those bench trials had African-Americans involved? What is this? It's 2020. I know. Like, like, <laughs> I mean, what, what, this, what's it's 60 years since the, the. So once again, Richard, where is yeah. this judge out of? Allegheny County, Pennsylvania. Um, they, they have strange names for courts up there. This is the Allegheny County Common Pleas Court, which is the, essentially the Louisiana District Courts. It's, it's that level of things. So the guy was visibly upset about the outcome of this case. Yeah. So yeah, he was definitely playing 13th juror. Definitely playing second well, string look, prosecutor. I, I don't I don't mind a judge. He, let's draw the distinction. I don't mind a mind a judge that sees shoddy attorney work that lends itself to a bad decision saying prosecutor you didn't do your job. Or or okay. you know and that's Fair why enough. you know and I'm talking about or the when you overwhelming, the yeah, yeah, the rogue jury yeah. or overwhelming evidence, all that stuff. Um, so, so I'm okay. I'm okay with that judge making commentary on, you know, this case was mishandled because you didn't present evidence correctly and all that. Not making a commentary on, not. I mean, look, the justice system works like this. It's like the intro to to uh, uh, Law and Order. 
You know, it's it's they make the arrest, they prosecute them, and the jury makes a decision. But he he made the com- he made another comment about how the minute she sat down in the jury chair, she folded her arms and kind of had a scowl on her face, and he basically made the comment of you knew right then and there what she was going to say. Hmm. So he wasn't giving this individual any credit you know, at all. You know, it's interesting. Jury selection has been a topic in the media recently with regard to the Weinstein trial. Right. I don't know if you remember or not. They kept, they had to keep a juror because they, the, the juror was writing a book mm-hmm. on, on essentially sexual Me assault. Me Too stuff. Me yeah. Too stuff. Yeah. And the uh, defense had run out of, of peremptories because again, mm-hmm. you only get so many and the judge denied the challenge for cause. Now, the reason I bring this up is jury selection, and we're both trial attorneys, jury selection is a pivotal part of the trial, if not the most important part. You can, you can yeah. if, by, giving the, by giving people, by giving the wrong people the case, they can make, as you put, pointed out, rogue decisions. Sure. But I want to d- draw the distinction here. One is a question of if we keep this juror that's writing a book on sexual assault, maybe they can't be fair and impartial. Right. Maybe that's not the right juror for this case. Now, for that juror, man, their book that they're writing just became the bestseller and oh. changed the title to "Serving on on Harvey Serving on Harvey's Trial." You yeah. know, yeah, it's but, crazy. But that's different. That's different than looking at a human being and saying, "I'm looking at this black woman, and I'm just going to be patently racist." Yeah. I have, I mean, it's the definition of prejudice. I looked at her and by the, by her outward appearance, mm-hmm. I have already decided mm-hmm. how she feels. Mm-hmm. It's the very definition of it. So, so fortunately this guy was found not guilty. Yeah. So there's not like a wrongful conviction that we have to like deal with. No, 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 no. We don't have to go after that. But how many of this judge's cases oh. need to be reviewed now? I mean, that's going to be the, that's the ultimate problem, right? Is now that we have to, we have to go back yeah, and we're going to have to review and see, was there any kind of hanky panky going on? Um, and you this, know, this is the problem I have with judges that make statements like this judges that, that behave in manners such as this, they undo a lot of what has been done because I mean, there, there, I don't know. There may be. There, there's the potential that there were cases where somebody did get convicted, and in fact they did do it. But now maybe the convictions not shouldn't stand because of they didn't get a fair well, trial. Well, it's, it's it's unfair to the victims. Very unfair. It's to unfair victims. to the government and the and the state and then the taxpayers that are paying the salary of the judge and paying yeah. the salary of the of the prosecutor. It 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 erodes trust in the system. The, the people- in a system that already has tr- we have trust issues in our system right but but you you hit the nail on the head the people of Allegheny County paid this man to do a job and now he elected him elected him and paid him to do a job and now he did it poorly and that job may have to be redone so imagine hiring somebody to come paint your house mm. and the job's bad and now you got to pay for it twice ah uh, uh. There's so many. I mean, this this hurts me on a on a human level, on a libertarian level, on on every. So kind had of you level. told me, just, uh, I'm just gonna go here. I've go had ahead. a little bit of bourbon. Go ahead. Had you told me this was in Florida, 
I'd look at you and say, shucker. No kidding. You could have said Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, Mississippi. Dare I say Louisiana? Oh, you could have said Louisiana. And I would have been like, eh, damn, but us again. Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. I'm telling you, racism, not just for the well, South Well, and anymore. Pennsylvania has some rural areas. I mean, it's not well, all. Pits- Pittsburgh is, if you've ever, have you ever been to Pittsburgh? Several times. Okay. So have you ever been outside of Pittsburgh? No, I'd normally stay in the metropolitan area. You don't have to drive far and you are in the hill country and it is. They got hill people. Very different. They got hill very people. Very different. I'm not going to call them hill people. But I've been out there. But just don't call them Aunt Jemima. Pretty places. Yeah, don't go around calling people oh, Aunt Jemima. Why? That's wrong. That's such a stupid thing to say. I know. He's got hate. I bet you that guy has molasses hate in his heart. He must. He must. And he why must. we got to? And why we got to take? I, I'm not even gonna go there. Look, you started. You got to finish. I, <laughs> I just, you know, here here it is. Um, this is like, to me, this is like the worst case scenario of the things that we all worry about that they happen, but we want to give, we want to give the judges and the prosecutors the benefit of the doubt. Well, yeah. So let's go back to Weinstein though. All right. Okay. So chat, we we're talking jury trials today and we're talking juries. So let's talk about challenges for cause. So for those who don't know, the law allows you in certain instances, whether it's because someone can't be fair and impartial, whether it's because someone has a special or, or connected interest to a case, whether it's because they may be, they have some kind of feeling within their core that they can't be fair and impartial to one side or the other, or even both, the law allows you to do what's called a challenge for cause. And right. those are unlimited, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. You can do as many challenges for cause as long as they're valid. Sure. And you can say, Judge, look, this is just not the right case for this person. The typical example is, hey, the juror is related to the prosecutor. The That's, typical example yeah. is the rape victim, the previous rape victim who's about at being asked to sit for a sexual assault case. And that maybe this is just not the right case for them. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean they can't be a good juror. Doesn't somebody mean they're not a somebody whose home got burglarized last right, week. Right. And this is sitting on a burglar. This trial. very important. This is an example of a a prejudice in one that we're okay with because we're being honest with it. It's not that they're prejudiced because they look at a black juror and say, that woman is Aunt Mama. The prejudice is based on experience that we are okay with, and it's not prejudice in a negative way. It may be, I had bad experiences with cops when I was younger. I don't trust police officers, and I'm just being fair and honest with you guys, that, that I would be more likely skeptical than, than believing of a police officer that gets on the stand. You know, So cause challenges, which are not limited... Cause challenges, which are not limited, are are appropriate when somebody has an interest or cannot be fair and impartial. Okay, so I, Richard is now Weinstein jury has only two white women as prosecutors protest. So in this instance, there is what we would call a McCullen challenge. It's it's mostly males. They the the, the defense did all they could to stack the jury with males, which hmm. I mean you got to hmm. play the hand you dealt. So. <clears throat> Half of the 12 juries, jurors selected this week in the rape trial of Harvey Weinstein share something with him. They are white men. Right. I got to tell you, man. That's I got to tell you, sort of. I, I don't know if that's the seventh is a black man, the reigning five are women. But the trial's already started, so they've seated this jury. Yeah. That's an interesting. Di- okay. Do you want to talk jury dynamics? Let's you talk, talk about jury dynamics. So in a sexual assault case, I don't, you know, there there is a tendency... And I don't know how to say this. First of all, stereotypes are great for quick blink decisions because at its core, jury selection is speed dating. 
I can only get the little nuggets of information out of you that I can, that I can, and I got to make quick decisions based on that. So there is a certain amount of assumptions. There's a certain amount of stereotyping that goes on. Right. But, but saying this, say the, the, what's the prototypical example? I don't want an accountant in a criminal defense case on my jury. I don't want someone who's over analytical. Right. That may not always be the case, though. That may not always be the case, and certain people do not fall into the stereotypes, right? So keeping lots of men on this, I, I don't know. Maybe the thought is is that men are going to be more skeptical of some of these allegations. Women in sexual assault cases can be very judgmental, like very judgmental, like drinking at 2 o'clock in the afternoon judgmental. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They can be – we're looking at you, Ambo. Um, <laughs> they can be very judgmental of other women. I don't know if you've ever experienced that before, but it's very, it's a very, women can be judgmental of other women. I've seen that. I've right? seen that take place. Right. Seen that take and place. so the, 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 the intuition of, I don't want women jurors. Sometimes that's not accurate. Sometimes women can be, and look, I'm not advocating for what he's accused of doing. No. I'm just saying that our, our conventional wisdom and human d- dynamics, group decision-making, individual decision-making Sometimes those fall by the wayside in our assumptions and our stereotypes. Now, that being said, should someone writing a book about sexual assault be allowed to be Richard on a Harvey Weinstein jury? Is that fair? Is that fair to the defense? Can that person be be fair and impartial? I believe they can still be objective. I mean, they're not they're not writing a book on Harvey Weinstein sexually assaulting them. I have a lot of questions. I mean, yeah, but I'm going to have to have a lot to me. It's, it's not as easy as yes or no. I'm going to have to ask that juror, that potential juror, a lot of questions uh, about, about, you know, what is okay in their mind? What is not okay? We're going to have to have a dialogue on what's the nature of the book. You know, have they, do they include in the book people who have been falsely accused? Yeah. Of sexual assault. Do they look at both sides of it? Right. That's what I mean. Can they be a juror? Yes. Should they be a juror? Maybe not. But um, we are quickly running up on the wall here. Because How much time we got? We had enough time to say goodbye to these about folks? About 10 seconds. All right. So you've been listening to Legally Unfiltered, Richard Franz, uh, www.legallyunfiltered.com, www.legallyunfiltered.com, and legallyunfiltered at gmail.com. Guys, we're talking racist judges, and pick it, picking, pick, juries. picking juries. Uh, we'll be with you guys next time. The views and opinions expressed in Legally Unfiltered do not constitute legal advice. If you would like legal advice on the topics that we've discussed, send us money. That's right. Go ahead and retain us. Do not, kids, try this at home.